1: Good morning. It is December 12th. It is six minutes after 10. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. This morning, Rob Kendall is off and in his place. Brad Klappenstein joins us. Thanks for coming in this morning. Hello, Casey. You're Thanks gonna for get, having me here. you gonna get your parking validated today.
2: With any luck, I will get validated parking for being here today.
1: <laughs> because we know you're working for free right now. They can at least pay for your parking, like
2: right? At some point this morning, I have two things I'm going to plug. That is my payment.
1: Oh, okay. All right. We'll get to that in just a bit. But first, we have to talk about Elon Musk. It's time for our Elon update. Elon tweeted out that his pronouns are prosecute. Fauci. The comments came after the release of the fourth installment of the Twitter files on Saturday. They reportedly show how Twitter, before Musk took over, violated its own policies in preventing the spread of accurate information regarding the Hunter Biden laptop story ahead of the 2020 election. So the documents also support how on January 7th, the day after what happened at the Capitol? Twitter executives, with pressure from former First Lady Michelle Obama, created justification to ban Donald Trump off of Twitter. And journalist Barry Weiss reported how the documents show senior Twitter executives created secret blacklists to deamplify disfavored Twitter users, not just specific tweets. So shadow banning is it real? No. Yes.
2: It happened. Yes. It happened. So, yeah. That's the the more that this comes out, I mean, you always know that Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. whatever. Yes, they they well promote some things more than others. Just they go with whatever they they find of interest. But yeah, it's it's curious that suddenly, yeah, Michelle Obama mm-hmm. chimes in, and suddenly they're they're wiping out Trump. Um yeah that well obviously they keep putting out more but I I think this tells you that uh that yes if you're not one of the favored few mm-hmm. twitter's not for you.
1: Yeah. Uh Elon Musk got a lot of backlash for what he said about his pronouns being prosecute Fauci and he said forcing your pronouns upon others when they didn't ask and implicitly ostracizing those who don't is neither good nor kind to anyone. And he said, as for Fauci, he lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. Not awesome, in my opinion. Uh, and it looks like the next Twitter files dump is going to be about Fauci and COVID. And it's a, it's a slow roll coming out, kind of like that document about the royals. It's, it's a slow roll. Um, there was word that it was going to come out before the weekend was over, and it hasn't. And now they've said it's going to take a few days. Oh,
2: just like Yellowstone, you can't dump all, all of your programming all at once. you got to spread this out over time so that you, do you continue think, to be relevant.
1: Do you think that has anything to do with it? Like, he's trying to increase engagement, and that's why it's taking a long time?
2: Yes, because if, if he dumped it all at once, mm-hmm. it's one news cycle, and everybody moves on. Mm-hmm. Now... On a weekly basis, mm-hmm. you and I got to talk about the latest dump, and yeah, that's strategic. Yeah. Because it, it keeps Twitter top of mind. I mean, I, I I think that this is somewhat genius because he is making Twitter more relevant mm-hmm. because he's getting people to use it to see what all he has to say.
1: Another thing that's being uh, reported is that he's increasing the price for Twitter blue to get your check mark and there's there's other it's things It's no longer going to be $8. No, he's going to raise it to $11. I believe starting today is when that happens. And he also said that the character limit will be raised. He was asked the question, will you increase the character limit to 4000 and he said yes.
2: So Rob's rants can now be much, much longer. (laughs) Can
1: you imagine? (laughs) That's like
2: 10
3: times what it is now, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it originally started out at 140, and then it was increased to 280. And now Elon Musk is saying they're going to increase it to 4,000. So you can get a lot off of your chest in 4,000 characters.
2: So Reader's Digest will not be be one of the users of this new 4,000-character Twitter platform.
1: Well, since Twitter 5.0 is most likely about Fauci, I, I thought it would be fun to remind everybody. Rand Paul still wants to investigate him, even after he retires. Fauci, you know, he's stepping aside at the end of this month, any day now. And Rand Paul saying, nope, even if he retires, so I, I, I still want to investigate him. So let's remind everybody of the video that Rand Paul played of Fauci during a Senate hearing.
3: Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days,
0: she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself.
2: And if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. If Actually, she really has the flu. She
0: right. should not get it again. No, though. She doesn't need it.
1: Flip flop and Fauci. Is he your favorite bobblehead?
0: <laughs> no, it's
1: least favorite.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'd never heard of him until 2020. I wish I'd never heard of him now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's you know, some could argue that he was using the best information he had available, but it became clear at some point it's like, no, he is making this stuff up
1: as he goes along. Yeah. Social distancing six feet apart is that that's the number. That's the one we're gonna go with. Oh,
2: it it wear, it families, wear a mask It made families have arguments mm-hmm. because somebody was five feet instead of six or maybe twelve. I mean, and that still goes on today. Mm-hmm. if you look at the damage he did to society. Uh, it It is immense.
1: Yeah. And even as we head into Christmas, he's still saying that we might have to consider lockdowns again because of flu and RSV and COVID. He so. might
2: say that, but I, I promise you the American public will tell him to get bent.
1: <laughs> Biden spokesperson John Kirby denies that the administration tried to censor via Twitter. A couple of weeks ago, you had a conversation with my colleague Martha McCallum. It was in the context of Apple and what it's doing in China. You
3: said this. We aren't in the business of telling private companies how to execute their initiatives. But it appears from these revelations from inside of Twitter, there were regular meetings between executives there, the FBI, DHS, the DNI. Um, so, you know, flagging tweets, expressing their concerns, it seems trying to drive certain conversations. So should or shouldn't the federal government, federal agencies in your Words be directing private companies on how to execute their initiatives.
4: We, we aren't directing private social media companies on how to manage their content. These are decisions that they have to make uh, as appropriate. Now, look, we obviously, obviously uh, don't want to see, uh, you know, the public square. Uh, polluted with with hate speech and and disinformation that uh, that that's not that's not a good uh, use of uh, uh, the information environment for the American people. Uh, but it's up to these social media companies to determine how they're going to manage uh, their content, how they are going to deliver that content uh, to their users. Mm-hmm.
1: They are managing it now with Elon, at tr- you know, at the helm. He's saying transparency. Let's let's show everybody everything, and that's what they're doing. And it started with the Hunter Biden laptop, and then it moved to banning Trump and all the behind the scenes backdoor stuff we had going on there. And even after the urging of Michelle Obama. And now Twitter Files 5.0 could be about COVID. And let's listen to Corinne Jean Pierre, Corinne Jean Pierre, and Jen Psaki back to back contradicting each other regarding the administration's efforts and policies in regards to social media. Listen to this. They're they're saying the opposite.
4: Um, And I was wondering if anyone in the Biden administration
1: was in touch with Baker either regarding moderation decisions that critics call political censorship or regarding uh, his transparency efforts recently. So it's up to private companies uh, to make these types of decisions. We were not involved. We are in regular touch uh, with these social media platforms. uh, And those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread this information. We are not involved. We're in regular contact we're, we're, with we're, them. We're flagging.
3: but
2: We're not involved, but we're flagging those posts. Hey, uh-huh. the government should not be in charge or even be involved in flagging posts or telling private businesses what they should take down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: However, uh, in the previous clip, the public square, if you look at the comments section, whether it be on WIBC, whether it be on my Facebook page, your mm-hmm. Facebook page, the Indy Star... The comment section always turns into a thunderdome and doesn't seem to serve the public good. Twitter is basically just the comment section of any form, uh, forum. So you're right, you're not going to get generally good positive feedback it's just not what it's designed to do
1: you're listening to the Kendall and casey show on 93 wibc and that is brad Kloffenstein filling in for rob who is out today and if you've ever considered moving chances are you might be looking at Florida. Also, your Costco membership. We're going to talk about that. And you've got something on your mind that you want to talk about, right?
2: Oh, I, just a couple things. Okay. You know, so my day job is I run the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. And mm-hmm. we have two big things coming up this week. Okay,
1: we're going to so, get to those. Oh,
2: awesome. Okay. Awesome. Uh, tease ahead.
1: All right, that's on the way from 93WIBC. 15 minutes after 10, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob is out today, and Brad Kloffenstein is filling in. So, have how long have you lived in Lawrence?
2: I've lived in Lawrence just over three years. Have uh, you ever
1: thought about moving out? Yes. Yeah?
2: Yes, I've thought about moving probably daily. <laughs> yeah. Especially when we haven't seen the sun in a week.
1: Mm-hmm. And have you thought about moving to Florida? Yes. Yeah?
2: Yeah, my dad lived in Florida for three years. And I was a very dutiful son, went down and visited often when he was in the Tampa area Mm -hmm. and uh, enjoyed hanging out by his pool. So yes, I I would, Sheila and I often talk about Florida, Arizona, Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly 25% of U.S. home buyers are looking to move out of their current place and many people turning their attention to Florida. I think I know why. I mean, we can't all live there, right? No, we can't. The whole country can't move to Florida. I would
2: have thought that this uh, hurricane that went through a couple months ago might have shooed a few people out because, you know, I guess everywhere you live is going to have some sort of potential natural disaster. Florida Mm -hmm. gets hurricanes. Mm -hmm. California has earthquakes. Indiana has that random tornado that can... Can wander through but uh but the fact is it's nice and it's warm and with air conditioning you can kind of take the edge off of a a, a humid summer day mm-hmm. so why not go to florida
1: okay so let's uh do a little comparing and contrasting so in florida you've got warm weather great it's, beaches no state taxes no state income taxes and ronda santis Let's see what what do we have here. We don't get the year-round warm weather. We have corn. <laughs> we do have corn. We get a perma cloud sometimes.
2: Yeah, the, the perma cloud comes in in November mm-hmm. and leaves sometime in February. Um, however, Indiana, southern Indiana in particular, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you ro- go through the rolling here, hills, mm-hmm. I even like the flatlands up in kind of northwest Indiana. I was mm-hmm. up there on Saturday in White County.
1: But what a difference between Ron DeSantis and Eric Holcomb though.
2: There is a big difference. I I know Rob Rob's best friend Eric Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob is very harsh on him, but Rob is right in some regards that and this you could this could be said for all Republicans, be it uh, Rod Bray, Todd Houston, um Governor Holcomb that You've got super majorities. Mm-hmm. Anything you've ever thought of wanting to do, you could do. Mm-hmm. You want to reduce the size of government? You can make it happen. You want to do a tax cut? You can make it happen. You want to fund mental health? You can make it happen. And there seems to be somewhat of a lack of initiative. Oh, you which I so? don't know. I don't know why they don't put me in charge, Casey. I have run for office. You'll find this hard to believe. I have not won.
1: <laughs> you could get it done, though, huh?
2: I could. I could get it done. Just give me a chance.
1: Half of the top 10 migration destinations on this list are Florida cities. So, people wanting to move to Sacramento, California, Las Vegas, Miami, San Diego, Tampa, Phoenix, like you mentioned, uh, Cape Coral, Sarasota, Dallas, and Orlando.
2: Now, didn't you briefly live in
1: Florida? I did, in Tallahassee. But I will tell you, living there is different than vacationing there. Right. And a lot of people think, oh, it'd be great to live in Florida. Yeah, it is great for some of the reasons we mentioned, like the warm weather, the great beaches, the no state income tax, and Ron DeSantis. But living there full time, you're not on vacation all the time. You still have to go to work. And every spring, there is this... um, it's allergy season of course but they have this algae that covers everything with green so you go out to your car in the morning and it's you have to clean it off because it's just this this green layer that is on everything and it lasts a couple weeks and then it goes away and we won't even talk about the critters that you know are everywhere i
2: i played (laughs) golf down there with with my dad this 20 years ago or more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's weird. You're on the tee box and there's an alligator off to the side of the tee box.
1: Or you're at a restaurant and you're eating outside and all of a sudden the snake falls from the tree (sighs) a foot from you. So different (laughs) things you have to deal with. Uh, But uh, yeah, a lot of people looking at Florida as a place to move to. Do you have a Costco membership? No, I do not. Okay. Well, if you did, your membership cost... Is potentially going to raise. The CFO, just like Sam's Club and Amazon, said that their membership fee is going to go up. It's not a question of if, it's just a question of when. And he said that historically they elevate the cost of your membership fee every five years. And it's been five years and seven months since it happened, the last time was in June of 2017, and he said, "Yeah, it's it's time to raise the membership. They're going to keep the price of the hot dog the same, however, your membership is going to go up." So-, so effectively,
2: the price of the hot dog went up. Now, do you have a Costco membership?
1: Yes, I do. And okay, I what is like,
2: 65 a year?
1: Yeah, it, I I get the bulk items there: the paper towel, the toilet paper, now, things like that.
2: Now, Costco is just one step short of just buying the toilet paper factory. Mm. Because if you're having to buy it a gross at a time,
1: <laughs> my my problem with the bulk is where do you store it? That's just it. It's if you have a smaller place with with not a lot of closets or a big pantry, you have to put that item someplace where you can get it later. But why don't you have one?
2: There, there's two people in my household. I probably cook one meal a week at home that Mm -hmm. lasts us for a couple meals. We just don't need a lot of things in bulk, as well as I'm a big buy local kind of guy. I mean, my entire job is to get people to spend money in Lawrence and keep their money in Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Costco does not generally offer local goods. Yeah. And it's, it's, Ultimately, I don't think Costco is good for supporting a local economy.
1: Okay, now you had mentioned Lawrence, and you've got something that you wanted to talk about from the chamber.
2: Yeah, there's two things that we're doing this week. So one, Wednesday, Mm -hmm. uh, we're working with the Lawrence Firefighters Family Assistance Fund. We are doing a toy job toy drive okay. for uh, underprivileged kids in Lawrence. Uh, that's going to be Wednesday, 430 to 730 at Hillcrest Country Club on Fall Creek Road. Um, is
1: this uh, new toys? That the new toys.
2: For? So the price of admission is mm-hmm. a new unwrapped toy and there will be appetizers and beverages and music and festivities. So it's kind of the chamber's Christmas party, but then it, it's for a good cause. Uh, the Sports Page Lounge. They've been calling me about every three days to come empty their bin of of toys so the back the bed of my truck is now overflowing with toys. Good. So I'm excited. There's been lots of good response. And then this Saturday I have a personal appearance. I get to MC Winterfest. It's gonna be at Lawrence Civic Plaza. So from 6 to 8 p.m., the band, the Copper Stills, Mm -hmm. are playing a free outdoor concert. There will be food trucks. You can bring your own cooler of beverages of your choice. But I will be there introducing the band, talking up Lawrence, talking up you. I might even give a shout out, Casey. Mm -hmm. And uh, you are welcome to come join me. Hopefully it'll be warm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Outdoor event. And what time does that start?
2: Uh that's six to eight PM.
1: Great. Free. Okay. So this is how it works. You work for free, but you get to mention those things. Plugola. The- hey, Lawrence so check, is the center check, check, check.
2: Lawrence is the center of the universe. You might not know it now, but our listeners will know it soon enough.
1: <laughs> all right. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC, featuring guest star Brad Kloppenstein. Good morning. <laughs>
0: i'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine i'm not 317-684-8444
1: that's our phone number if you'd like to leave us a message or comment on something and uh, we started off the show talking about britney griner and her release from the russian prison and how victor boot is now out and apparently already at work
2: he is at work he wasted no time yeah how long had we detained him
1: how long? Did how
2: long? He, how long did we have him in custody?
1: Was it sixteen years? Something. Yeah, you, you, it was a you, while.
2: You would think that he might be due a vacation or something? I'm a little surprised he's back to work all so soon.
1: What was he doing? He was sitting around. I mean, well, was- that's
2: true. It's not like it was real stressful. He was just there
1: waiting his turn. Apparently. Well, we've got some people who want to uh, comment on this story. I can't wait to hear. All right, let's see.
3: Hey, I heard on you guys' news report that Brittany Griner was happy about coming back back into America.
1: How can she be
3: happy about coming back to a racist, oppressive, homophobic nation like this, where she can smoke all the dope she wants and nobody says a word? Huh? I don't understand that.
1: Bye. He's being sarcastic. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That ruined my whole thought on that call. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it just kind of goes back to, I think the best thing that she can do for her image is go to one single high profile event, put her hand over her heart, sing as loudly as she can the national anthem and just show humility, gratitude, appreciation, be graceful. And then that's it.
2: Do you think that she will play this WNBC- WNBA season? And if so, mm. will attendance at her games spike?
1: Will they go up compared to others? Yeah. Were they attended well before? No. Okay.
2: Well. <laughs> I think they've got nowhere to go but up. If they
1: did, it would probably be a short-lived thing. Yeah. Uh, just uh, let's go see, and then it would fall back to normal levels. Okay, three one seven six eight four eight four four four. that's the number. Uh, what's next?
3: Yes, I wanted to bet my wife this morning $100 that this basketball player that we traded this killer for will be making an appearance at the White House, and mm-hmm. I bet she'll get some kind of gold award for being a hero. So Joe thinks more of a basketball player than he does a Marine that's been captured by Russians for four years. So here's the deal. If you get captured by the Russians, hey, I play basketball. I have nothing to do with the military or defending my country. God, God, I can't believe it. (laughs)
1: I like the growl at the end. (laughs) that's the growl of frustration, right? Oh, I can't believe it. So I saw uh, Steph Curry, basketball player, posted something about thanking her for her sacrifice, which I thought was an interesting turn of phrase.
2: If you're watching the YouTube feed, you can Mm. see my eyebrows going up and down very inquisitively. Um, What did she sacrifice? I don't know that she sacrificed anything she was forcibly detained Mm -hmm. but no she got herself in a pickle and the united states had to bail her out
1: yeah don't play by the rules those are the consequences yeah it's your choice and and the thing that just keeps blowing my mind that i just keep going back to is the fact that there was a travel advisory don't go there years ago uh dude my dude the associate was offered to go to ukraine uh people came over to america and they were trying to learn broadcasting and they were going to take that information back to ukraine and this was right around the time of crimea was going on and he said no i am not going and i thought well come on, that's that's a chance of a lifetime to go to this other country and see how it's done over there. And he said, no, like, read the news. It's not safe. We're, we're not going. I'm not going. And he never went. And uh, the hindsight, he made the right choice. Yes. But if you're aware of situations and our government is saying, high travel risk, don't go, especially don't go and break their laws. So
2: are... Th- I'm assuming there's places on the globe that you would not go for those reasons right
1: now yes
2: like would you go to any Muslim country that uh would force you to wear a head covering
1: no, I wouldn't feel safe I wouldn't want to
4: yeah
1: I mean what why would I do that? Why would you put yourself in that position and then you've put your country in a position now, and all the people that are detained across the globe are now what the world knows how we deal what our what our trade is so
2: what do you what do you think the united states would trade for a casey daniels <laughs>
1: <laughs> a coke and a smile probably <laughs> nothing nothing all right what's next kevin
3: a motivation to vote
1: mm. let's
3: look at the wonderful city of anderson in madison county primary election this year there were no referendums to vote against Many of the Republican uh, spots on the ballot were blank with nobody running. And the two people that I wanted to vote against most, Sparks and Young, didn't have a challenger. So there was zero motivation to vote in the primary. Governor General uh, obviously voted to vote so I could vote against Todd Young for the, uh, because uh, you know it meant voting for the Democrat, even though I was really tempted to do it. And uh, voting against Holcomb didn't do anything either. Um, So you kind of become disenfranchised after a while. Now, come the next primary election, if Holcomb's in the race, of course I'll vote in that because I want to vote against Holcomb. But if Holcomb wins the primary, you know there's no sense in even bothering to vote the general because Holcomb's going to run away with it. Uh, You know, he'll do just like he did with Rainwater. If you try to vote against him in the general, he'll go ahead and replace the uh, conservative votes with Democrat votes and for the disenfranchise and people from voting in the future. Hmm.
1: We were talking about what motivates people to vote. Is it to go vote for someone or is it to vote against someone? Sadly, it's become to vote against someone. Mm-hmm. Although, And that's this, what he just said. He wanted to vote against Todd Young, but there wasn't a challenger in that. Uh, this man,
2: I think, is slowly starting to realize mm-hmm. what I've talked about often, what Rob has talked about often. The Political parties, the Republican and Democrat party, do not want you to have choices. They try to restrict who gets on the ballot in the primaries. They just passed the law a year ago that says if you wanted to run in a primary, not only did you have to vote in that party's primary in the last election, you had to vote in their primary in the last two elections. Otherwise, you have to go grovel at the feet of the county chair and say, can I please run? And the county chair will most likely say, no.
1: Mm. Uh, Suzanne Crouch just announced that she officially announced that she is going to run for governor of Indiana. So there's another option there. We we now know we have officially three candidates.
2: So there's doubt. Well, And I think Jim Merritt's still running. I think there's four. Oh, is he? Yeah.
1: Although I haven't yet seen the official announcement from Mike Braun. No, no. He he filed the paperwork, but he he hasn't. He just opened the committee. Yeah. He still hasn't come out and officially said. All right. We've got more calls. What's up next, Kevin? Hi. Yeah. So recently I um, escaped from Australia. (laughs) And uh, not to say we should be like Australia, because that would be odd right now um, to say. But they do have it for their voting that it's compulsory, meaning that if you don't vote, you're fined. and I believe that they take it, they deduct it from your tax return. So I know that we don't make it that easy for people to vote. Maybe we should have it that everything is uh, closed
3: that day for you know work or whatever, um, so that people can get
1: to the polls, and maybe we can have the people that are counting the votes do some kind of a class to understand <laughs> how to count votes properly, but possibly if we do it compulsory... Uh, people wouldn't want to have to uh, pay if they don't vote. Just a thought. Thanks for what you do, guys. I listen to you every week when I'm driving, and uh, I really like what you're saying. Thank you. Can you imagine the money grab there? Fine people for not voting?
2: I've always kind of been fine with people not voting just because typically those people would be ill-informed voters anyhow.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I I like the notion that the people who are showing up at least have some idea of what's going on. Um, you but think it, it, so?
1: You think they have an idea? Or you think they're just doing...
2: Come on, Casey. Let me dream. Straight, will you, will straight you please ticket. Please just let me dream. Um, yeah, straight... Indiana needs to get rid of straight ticket voting. Okay. I will harp on that all day long because it makes it way too easy to vote for people who have not earned your vote.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Finding people for not voting.
2: So, it's interesting, but I maybe, that, maybe they would participate and pay more attention. Uh, depends what the fine is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, what else do we have, Kevin?
3: Uh, yeah, we're just uh, asking about why nobody votes. It just seems that you get bent over and taken advantage of by either party. It do not matter. They're both going to do the same thing to you. So I think everybody's just tired of it. It's the same thing. It do not matter who you vote for. It's the same thing. They just called with a different name. And, Kendall? the
1: same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over <laughs> after day later <laughs> okay so yeah he, it is it's the same pool of people he's right he's he, moving around I, on the chessboard right but,
2: but when are people going to understand the Republican Dem- and de- Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. generally only stand for seizing power mm-hmm. and having the power.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No matter what you think they stand for, that's not what they stand for. They just stand for seizing power.
1: They stand for getting a job.
2: Right. It, yeah. it, and I mean, Rob has sat here, I have sat here, and we have just beat the libertarian drum. There is a party out there that actually stands for something that's not bought and sold, mm-hmm. but at least so far, there's not enough people voting for them to get the other two parties to stop doing what they're doing.
1: You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC, and that is Brad Kloffenstein filling in for Rob today. All right, Kevin, let's get to our very last phone call. I believe it's a question that is directed towards you.
3: Hey, this call is um, actually Kevin. It's uh, kind of off-topic of today. It goes back to, I think, early in the week when you are talking about top drummers, uh, contemporary mostly, uh, because um, I didn't get to see the whole list or hear it. Um, so I wanted to ask Kevin uh, what about Jen Ledger if he knows who she is, if they even had a female drummer in that top 20. Uh, Jen Ledger is with Skillet, so um, if you could check her out, man, she is, she is excellent. But I didn't even get to uh, hear the whole list, so Anyway, that was just a question for Kevin. Um, Thank you. Bye. Oh, by the way, this was Jeff. Bye.
1: So, Kevin, have you heard this drummer from Skillet?
4: I I had not heard of Jen Sledger, Mm -hmm. um, but this morning when I was supposed to be getting work done, Mm -hmm. I was watching a video of her playing a drum solo, Mm -hmm. and I was impressed. Yeah? Yeah, and um, I also saw a picture of her singing while playing, so I think she wins points for that.
1: You like a drummer who can sing yeah. while they play. Yeah. You sing while you play, don't you?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of tough. It's not an easy thing to do. But well, I was
1: gonna say, how do you do that? Because you got to keep the beat, and then at the same time, you're thinking of lyrics. Are you like, I, I mean, I know your foot is keeping the beat. Yeah. How do you do that? Like when when you're counting in your head and you're playing the drums at the it's same just, time
4: while you're singing? It's just muscle memory. Just <laughs> rehearsing it over and over again, and then eventually you know, hopefully it becomes second nature.
1: And can you walk and chew gum at the same time, too? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Runs the board. Same thing, muscle memory. Uh, Kevin, you guys did a really good job at Radiothon. I finally got to see Kevin play. And I was so impressed. I was so impressed because he was drumming and singing at the same time.
2: Casey, I don't know if you know this, Kevin big time me. Uno Gold. I gave Not Uno true. Gold an offer to come play Winterfest out in Lawrence.
4: Did He He had too much going on, huh?
2: They're, they are way busy and booked. <laughs>
4: yeah, the holiday seasons, uh, yeah. it, it's pretty busy at this time of year.
1: Uh, were you able to grab the song? Yeah? Uh, yeah. Okay, so this was uh, their, I don't know. It wasn't an encore, but it was the grand finale for Uno Gold out at Radiothon. They actually invited Denny Smith up on stage to play with them.
4: And how was that?
1: It, it, hey, they sounded, will
4: you be yeah. the judge? Yeah, you he be- played the uh, Jingle Bells, mm-hmm. and uh, he's done that for us once before. And yeah, he's he's excellent.
1: So I thought uh, to get us into break, Hammer's going to join us next, but to get us in, into break, this is what Uno Gold sounded like at Radiothon this weekend with 93WIBC. Good morning. It is 1051. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Brad Klopfenstein is filling in for Rob today and Hammer's in the studio. Okay, I've been holding on to this story until you got in the studio because I just, I have to get your take on this. Uh, Have you heard about the Mickey Mantle handwritten questionnaire that sold at auction over the weekend. So what we're dealing with here
0: is a (laughs) lewd, nude, dead Hall of Famer in the news. That's what we're dealing with here. I love this story.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so... (laughs) This is this questionnaire that was sold over the weekend for two hundred forty-two thousand dollars. Okay, it's been a big year for Mickey Mantle, yeah, by the way. It has.
0: Like one of his early rookie baseball cards sold at some auction for like twelve million dollars mm-hmm. earlier this year. Yeah, and now this <laughs> this questionnaire that was sent mm-hmm. out by the Yankees as they were trying to celebrate fifty years of Yankee Stadium, and they had the players do this little interview thing and turn it into management about mm-hmm. their favorite memories, <laughs> Mickey Mantle's answer is by far the best.
1: How, can, how do we even say what the answer was? Do can you have we, it written down in front of you? I Kind of. But, let me see it. Let me see it.
0: I'm going to do my best uh, to try the, to weed through this it's, here. Because if very, anybody gets fired, I want it to be me and not
1: you. It's on the very bottom there. So Mickey Mantle was asked about his most most outstanding experience at Yankee Stadium. Right. Right. And in typical Mickey Mantle fashion,
0: who Mm -hmm. anybody that follows baseball, Brad, you know this. Oh, yeah. He was a man that enjoyed the nightlife of New York City more than most. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the biggest rock star in that city, You know, the star of the Yankees, a good-looking guy. Everybody loved him. At a time in New York where you could run around and just do all types of debauchery. So he fills out this questionnaire, turns it back into management, that his Mm -hmm. favorite experience at Yankee Stadium was receiving the act of fellatio (laughs) under the bleachers by the bullpen at Yankee Stadium. (laughs) It was in between the fourth and the fifth inning, but he thinks that she was a really nice girl.
1: (laughs) She was a very nice girl. Oh, can you imagine? And somebody wants that. Well, of course they That's do. That's an amazing piece of memorabilia. Yes. It's history. Mickey Mantle got lucky under the bleachers in Yankee <laughs> Stadium. I want a copy of that. That's such a Mickey
0: Mantle answer. If anybody saw the movie 61, mm-hmm. uh, I believe Billy Crystal was the director of it. It was about the home run race of 1961, Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. And those guys couldn't be more different, right? Roger Maris was having this once-in-a-lifetime type of season, and he didn't want the press. His hair was falling out. He was stressed out. Mickey Mantle was having a great time. Mm -hmm. He was boozing it up and banging
1: broads, and, I mean, he was Mr. New York City. Okay, now, if this is true, someone's grandmother has one heck of a story to (laughs) tell.
2: (laughs) I have said this often, that just look around you. There were prostitutes 40 years ago (laughs) There were, there were strippers us? around. <laughs> the they they are profession. mother, grandmother. I mean, yes, we we I'm sure we've run across them.
0: Is that, that is such a Mickey Mantle answer.
1: Is that the where the where the term spitball came from? <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! All right, what do you have coming up this afternoon?
0: You guys got a lot of growing up to do around here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, Gun Guy, Guy Relford joins us. Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch,
1: and we'll talk about the biggest stories in Indy. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. Sounds good. All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC with special guest Brad kloffenstein Good morning.
3: Go down, Miss Moses,